Eliza Hewitt was a school teacher who lived back during the mid to late 1800s, who developed a very uh, serious uh, infirmity in her spine uh, while she was only in her 30s. Uh, It was so debilitating that she ended up having to leave her job working as a school teacher, and it caused her to actually become really almost an invalid for a good chunk of her adult life. It was during this particular period of her life, when she was mostly bedridden, uh, that she began to take up the kind of the hobby of just writing poetry, specifically religious poetry, with a particular slant towards religious poetry that catered to children, that children would find appealing. Uh, probably the most well-known of all of the poems that she wrote was titled, There's Sunshine in My Soul Today which later became a hymn, which we have in our songbooks, number 425, Sunshine in My Soul. However, in 1887, uh, Eliza Hewitt wrote another poem when she was probably at her lowest, when she was probably at her physical worst. Because it was during this period of her life, while she was actually confined to a complete body cast, entirely immobile from head to toe, that she ended up dictating the words to this poem to her nurse attendant, which later ended up becoming the lyrics of the song that I'd like for us to think about for a few moments this evening. It was a poem entitled, More, More About Jesus. Grab a songbook and look at number 406 in the songbook. We'll look at this song, More About Jesus. I must tell you, there was something really just kind of, I don't know, admirable, commendable, if that's maybe the right word, as I thought here about this woman who could not even move her lower extremities and do the kinds of physical activities that all of us do, most of us do on pretty much a daily basis and probably a lot of times we take for granted, yet her mind and her heart and her spirit were unfazed. And so as a result of that, her greatest longing, despite what was going on with her physical body, her greatest longing was to simply know more about Jesus. And in the four short stanzas of this song, Eliza Hewitt expresses just a number of different ways that she personally wanted to know more about Jesus. And I'd like to think that we would share the very same sentiments that she expresses in this song. In fact, I think these four stanzas can be categorized in this way. I believe verse 1, she expresses a desire to know more about the salvation that Jesus Christ brings. Look at the words of verse 1. More about Jesus would I know. More of His grace to others show. More of His saving fullness see. More of His love who died for me. This lady wanted to know more and more about the grace, the mercy, and the love, and the expression of all of that in the death of Jesus Christ. She wanted to know more about salvation. Then in verse 2. I think verse 2 encapsulates the idea of just simply wanting to know more about His will for our lives. Verse 2, more about Jesus, let me learn. More of His holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. Of course, the reference to the Spirit there is no doubt a reference to how the Holy Spirit guided men in the writing of the Scriptures. It is the Scriptures that is the instrument of the Spirit by which we are able to know the very words of Christ, the will of Christ, what it is that Christ wants us to do in our lives. 
And then that third verse, I believe, expresses that she just wants to know more and saturate herself more in the great words that Jesus spoke while He was here. Verse 3, more about Jesus in His Word, holding communion with my Lord. What a beautiful expression that is. The thought that as I'm reading the words of Jesus, as I'm reading the Word of God, as if we're having communion, as if we're having a conversation together, hearing His voice in every line, and then making each faithful saying mine. That is the goal, isn't it? Take those words that Jesus spoke, the commandments that He gave, the very the example that He sat through His life and through His words. We'll take those things and put them into our own life. That's an application statement. And then the fourth verse speaks about a desire to know more and I think to be better prepared. as She thinks about the reign and even the return of Jesus as King. Verse 4, more about Jesus on His throne. Riches and glory, all His own. More of His kingdom, sure increase. More of His coming, the Prince of Peace. Now I think about these particular categories. This probably doesn't encompass everything about Jesus, but the thought is certainly there. It is the desire to know more and more and to grow closer and closer and to know deeper and deeper Jesus the Christ. Can I ask you, Does anybody here right now, by a show of hands, does anybody here think that they have mastered all of those areas about Jesus? That's what I thought. Does anybody think that they've pretty much learned all that there is to know about all of the facets and all of the dimensions of the great salvation that Jesus came to bring? Does anybody think that they know everything that there is to know about grace? Or all the depths of what happened on the cross. Things like redemption and justification and propitiation. Are we, are we, are we already 100% on all of those things? How about in that second verse there? Does everybody understand everything about Jesus' will for our lives? I'd like to think that we know a good part of what Jesus' will is for our lives. And I'll tell you, the very fact that we sin, the fact that we stumble daily, I think suggests to me that we don't entirely understand Jesus' will for our lives. And then what about in that third verse? Can you quote and just recite from memory all of the words that Jesus spoke? All of the great and wonderful things and faithful sayings that He said? Guessing probably not. You really need to be quite a genius if you did know all of those. And then what about in that fourth verse? You feel like you've pretty much got everything figured out as you anticipate the return of Jesus as the Lord of Lords and as the King of Kings? I've seen lots of people nod their heads in this direction, and that's exactly so. Of course we're not 100% on all of those areas. Why, even I believe, even the most devoted and committed disciple would never make the claim, oh, I don't need any more Jesus. I've got all of the Jesus that I need. Got all of the knowledge about Jesus. I've already grown in all of the grace and knowledge of Jesus that I'm ever going to need in life. I don't think any sincere disciple would say that. In fact, in Philippians, the third chapter, there is an apostle. And I'll tell you, if anybody, if you'd like to think that anybody would have ever reached a point in their life where you'd think that they got just about all the Jesus that they could muster, you'd think it would be an apostle. You'd think it would be the apostle Paul. Yet in Philippians chapter 3, in the latter stages of Paul's life, Paul's probably kind of becoming an old man by the time he writes this, Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, and this is quoted from the NIV, I want to know Christ. 
Paul did know Christ. The sense of that, the tone of what he's saying there is, I want more. I want to know Jesus more, more fully, more deeply, more completely. It is the idea that I will never be completely satisfied with where I am right now in my relationship to Jesus. I want it to be more than it is. And I believe that is the attitude of heart that every single child of God must and should develop in our lives. And so, if that is your desire, if you're able to look at the words that Eliza Hewitt wrote in this song more about Jesus and say, yep, I agree. I want more about Jesus in all of those different directions. Then this evening, in fact, I've already done it this morning, I want to provide you with a tool that I believe will help to bring that about here in the coming year. And that is our 2018 Bible reading plan, which we have entitled Journey... With Jesus. In the next 365 days, what is unique about this reading schedule is that we will have the opportunity to grow together. That no one of us individually will be, well, I'm over here trying to get to know Jesus and I don't know what everybody else is doing. We actually have an opportunity here for all of us to grow together in our knowledge and in our appreciation and in our love for Jesus the Christ. As I alluded to this morning, this plan this year is different from uh, the previous four years that we've done Bible reading plans because this year we will focus entirely and specifically on the New Testament. The way the New Testament breaks down just works out perfectly when you're looking at a calendar year. Uh, We will systematically look at the various books of the Bible that are contained in the New Testament, those 27 books, the Gospels and the Epistles and all of the various writings that are given there. And those have been arranged in a very specific kind of way as we will follow Jesus. And then even when Jesus leaves this earth and goes back into heaven, who are we going to be following then? We're going to be following those ambassadors that Jesus appointed, those apostles and those men who were guided by the Holy Spirit to speak the things that Jesus wanted them to speak. And as I said a moment ago, these are systematically arranged. For example, we're not starting in Matthew tomorrow. We're starting in Mark chapter 1. And then that's going to work right into some of the epistles of Paul. When we get toward the end of the year, we're going to be reading in the Gospel of John. And that's going to be followed by the three epistles of John. And that then is going to be followed by the book of Revelation, which is also authored by John. I think by the time we get to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we'll have a real flavor for John's style of writing. Luke and Acts will be read in conjunction with one another because they're written by the same guy to the exact same audience, to Theophilus. We'll work together this year to come to know Jesus better and what His will is for our lives. The great thing about the way the New Testament breaks down is you can read one chapter a day, five days a week. That gives a little bit of wiggle room there. If you had a couple days where lots of stuff's going on, and if you stick with that plan, by the end of the year you will have read all of the New Testament. I'll provide several things as I do every year to kind of help us in that regard. Uh, The Weekly Reader's Companion, the back page of the bulletin. That's not on there just to kind of put something on the back page. That's on there with a specific intention in mind. To help you with that particular week's reading. Just some random thoughts, some things that will maybe kind of help guide you along. Some things that will help us, kind of a little commentary, if you will, as you're reading in the New Testament. As well, there will be this year... 
probably more sermons coinciding with the reading schedule than any of the previous years. I was sitting down uh, just a few days ago and I was looking at the calendar and I've probably already got penciled in about a dozen different sermons that I'm going to do that will coincide with each of those particular week's readings and that number is probably going to increase as the year goes along. This morning was the very first sample of that. And then, of course, if you've got a smartphone or if you've got a tablet, you can make use of the Lakeside app where all of the Bible reading information you're going to need is right there at your fingertips. Maybe you don't have a Bible handy. Maybe you don't have the little trifold brochure handy. That's okay. You pull out that app. You go to the Bible reading schedule tab, and there you'll find the five readings for each individual week. And then you can even click on the actual chapter itself. And you can look at the Bible. In fact, you can push another button and it will read the Bible for you. Are we really, do we really have any excuses at this point as to why we can't read the Bible together in the coming year? And by the end of this year, all of us will be able to say, I'm closer to Jesus than I was 365 days ago. I know more about Jesus. I love Jesus more. I have a greater knowledge and appreciation for all that Jesus has done for me. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you cannot, you cannot sing this song. And Brother Tom is about to lead us in this song. You cannot sing this song more about Jesus. Oh, I want to know more about Jesus. I want more of His will for my life. I want more of all of these things of Jesus. And then turn right around and not put any effort whatsoever into getting to know Jesus better and to knowing Him more. It's going to ring pretty hollow if you sing these words and then you don't follow through with it. And so maybe the singing of this song is going to give us even extra incentive to stick with this Bible reading plan. I'm not telling you you have to do this, but it is a tool. and It is a tool that we can all be using together and we can help one another as we strive to know more and more about Jesus. Let's sing this song together, Brother Tom.